0: Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to another episode of 4 Vaginas Only, episode 9 to be exact. In this episode, we are going to discuss fibroids. Hello and welcome to 4 Vaginas Only, the podcast about everything female. I'm your host, Dr. Celestine, bringing you important information about understanding your health and body in the way you wish your doctor would actually explain it. Welcome to the fibroid episode, finally. I've been getting a lot of questions on different social media outlets about discussing fibroids and when I'm going to do it, and I've also been actually discussing it with a few of my friends that have recently either found out they have fibroids or suspect that they have fibroids. So I've decided that that would be the perfect topic for episode number nine. Okay, so a lot of people have heard about fibroids or you know someone that has them, but what the hell are they really, right? So, fibroids are non cancerous solid tumors of the uterus. They have alternative names. Some people call them lyomyomas or just myomas for short. But in general, most people call them or refer to them as fibroids. Now, they are tumors that are made up of the muscular layer of the uterine wall. The uterus itself has different layers. Therefore, fibroids can arise from any of these different layers and are classified based on their location. So if you're looking at the uterus from the outside in, the outside being external, inside being the internal part of the uterus, fibroids can be subserosal, meaning that they are located on the outermost portion of the uterus. They can also be identified as intramural, meaning that they are within the main muscle layer of the uterus. And they can be submucosal, which means that they're located on the more inner aspect of the uterus, usually involving the endometrium. And the endometrium is the inner cavity of the uterus, which most identify as where a baby would grow during pregnancy. However, it is possible that fibroids can span the layers of the uterus, meaning that they're not just located in one area at a time. They could be both subserosal and And intramural or intramural and submucosal so although they are defined by their layers um, they're still not always in their respective layer only okay so you have fibroids what does that exactly mean well if we back up a little bit fibroids are usually found one of two ways Either they're just noticed as an incidental finding, meaning they weren't really looking for it, but they saw it on an imaging study, such as an ultrasound or a CT scan, or it's when you present with symptoms um, related to the fibroids, to your doctor's office, and then at that point, an imaging study is probably done, which would identify the fibroids. Let's talk about the symptoms. The most common symptoms caused by fibroids are abnormal uterine bleeding and pelvic pressure. Abnormal uterine bleeding is commonly seen as menorrhagia when it's related to fibroids. Menorrhagia is heavy menstrual bleeding. Heavy bleeding is definitely person-specific, but usually means having to change your pad or tampon very frequently, about every hour or so when you have your period. Also, Menses can last for longer periods of time in those, peri- those people that have fibroids, longer than seven to eight days. I've actually had people with fibroids who have menstrual bleeding for two, three, four weeks, even months um, of everyday bleeding, which is a symptom of their fibroid uterus. Now, pelvic pressure usually occurs because the fibroid enlarges the uterus so much that it's now pressing on areas of the abdomen that it shouldn't be, which leads to pressure and pain. The bowel and the bladder can be pressed on, um, leading to bowel movement issues and urinary issues, as well as pain in those areas. The normal size of the uterus, if you can picture it, is about the size of a small apple or orange, but with fibroids, your uterus can be the size of a grapefruit or even a cantaloupe or larger. Keep in mind, though, that although abnormal uterine bleeding can be caused by fibroids, It's not the only thing that causes these symptoms. So if you're experiencing heavy bleeding or pelvic pain and you also happen to have a fibroid, do not always assume that that is the cause. Many people have small, like one to three centimeter fibroids that actually don't cause any symptoms. I've even had patients with larger fibroids who have no symptoms at all and are unaware that they have one or more fibroids. So please have a discussion with your doctor first before jumping to conclusions or making decisions on how it should be managed. Another symptom of fibroids can be infertility, which includes recurrent miscarriages or difficulty becoming pregnant, just to name a couple. Most commonly, this occurs when the fibroid is within or pressing into the endometrial cavity, which is the inner cavity of the uterus where the baby grows. If the fibroid is only within the uterine wall, which we now know as an intramural fibroid, or if it's on the outside of the uterus, also called a subserosal fibroid, it's a little less clear as to whether or not that will actually affect fertility. But definitely, in addition to the other symptoms of fibroids, have that discussion with your physician. Now, in pregnancy, since we are kind of touching on that, Fibroids can also increase your chance of needing a cesarean section. A few reasons this might occur is because of the location of the fibroid, um, which can cause your baby to be breach in presentation, meaning that the baby is not head down at the time of delivery. And also, fibroids can lead to something called placental abruption, which is the placenta separating from the uterus and causing bleeding during pregnancy. And that's just to name a couple of things, you know, that can occur in pregnancy. There are a few more. But if you want to discuss them, if you have a fibroid, I do also recommend that you discuss that with your doctor because everybody's situation is just a little bit different. I can't possibly cover all of the things that might happen to each individual person. You know what I mean? All right. So, now that we've gotten some of the symptoms out of the way, let's talk about treatment. You have fibroids, you are now symptomatic from them, whether it's bleeding, whether it's pain, or whatever it might be, and now you want to kind of figure out what you can do. So, there's a few different ways to manage fibroids and their symptoms. One way is a hysterectomy. A hysterectomy is major surgery. It's removing the entire uterus that contains the fibroids. There's many different ways to perform a hysterectomy. Taking out the uterus through a large C-section-like incision in the abdomen is one way. Surgeons could also perform this procedure laparoscopically or robotically with just a few small incisions on the abdomen or even vaginally where the surgery is performed and the uterus is removed all from the vagina. The hysterectomy is technically the only cure, and I put quotes around it, cure for fibroids because it's the only procedure where the house that they form, which is the uterus, is completely removed. With that being said, many women desire to try to keep their uterus, whether for personal reasons or for future pregnancies, so other methods are out there for fibroid treatment. Keep in mind that any of these procedures that I'm about to mention that do not completely remove the uterus does not, or rather puts you at risk for the fibroids recurring, meaning that they can grow back or new ones can even form. So just remember that, okay? Now, one of those procedures is the myomectomy. A myomectomy, if you remember another word for fibroid was myoma, so myomectomy is removing a fibroid. It's a procedure that can be done also abdominally, vaginally, or laparoscopically like the hysterectomy. And depending how many fibroids you have, their size and the location is kind of how the surgeon will determine which route is best for you. But a myomectomy is also major surgery. And what it involves is removing or carving out each fibroid from the uterus with the hope or intention of leaving the uterus intact. Other procedures that can be done are a uterine artery embolization, where agents are actually introduced through the femoral artery in your leg, and the femoral artery connects to arteries of the uterus, so those agents flow up into the uterus, and they block the blood supply that feeds the fibroids. This causes the fibroids to shrink, hopefully reducing their symptoms. There's also a procedure where ultrasound waves are directed to each fibroid to break down their structure and hopefully decrease their size. Now, neither of these procedures, the uterine artery embolization or the ultrasound procedure are recommended if you desire pregnancy. For example, for the uterine artery embolization in particular, the blood supply can also be disrupted to the ovary, which will decrease your chance of pregnancy. So it's not recommended for those that you know, are really doing this to become pregnant. Medical management is also something that can be done. Oral contraceptive pills or birth control pills um, and the intrauterine device, also known as the IUD, can be used to help control heavy bleeding that happens from fibroids. And there are other hormonal medications that have been used to help decrease the size of fibroids. However, these medications are only usually used for a short period of time as they can have other unwanted effects. All right, guys. Now, I know it's been quite some time since we've done this, but here is everybody's favorite segment of Four Vaginas Only. Myth, myth or, or fact. fact. Or You're going to your doctor to talk about your fibroid. And the doctor keeps referring to the fibroid as a tumor. That must mean that you have cancer, right? This is a myth. This is a myth. This is a myth. myth. (laughs) I'm sorry. I love that effect on my voice. But anyway, back to business. So, like I said before, fibroids are benign, meaning that they are not cancerous. However, there is a small chance that what is being seen as a fibroid could actually be cancer. Now, when I say small, I really do mean small. Studies range from approximately 2 in every 1,000 women that are undergoing a hysterectomy or a myomectomy for a fibroid will actually have a cancerous tumor, which is referred to as a leiomyosarcoma. And the annual incidence of having a leiomyosarcoma in general is 0.64 women for every 100,000 women. So that's a very, very, very small chance. And there are different symptoms and different things to look for in the uterine tumor that helps your OBGYN physician determine whether or not it's likely that you have leiomyosarcoma versus the more common fibroid. All right, so rest easy. Even though your doctors refer to certain things as tumors or masses, a tumor or mass is just a bunch of cells that grow into a circular shape, more or less, and it doesn't necessarily mean you have cancer. All right, so let's get to the next one. Myth myth, or or fact? Fact you were told that you have a fibroid either by a friend or a family member who suspects it because they have it. Or you went to the doctor because you had abdominal pain. They did an imaging study on you and they saw that you have a fibroid. So now I'm going to the ob because it needs to come out. Doesn't it? This is this also, is also, a, myth. also a, myth. a myth. Okay, so many times people come to me because they've had Imaging studies done for other reasons and fibroids are noted within the uterus. And then they're sent to me and they think that they're there for surgery. However, most fibroids are asymptomatic and do not need to be removed. So if you happen to have a fibroid, especially if it's a small fibroid, and you're not having any symptoms whatsoever from it, no pain, no menstrual issues, etc., then nothing needs to be done. Also, if you're closer to the age of menopause, which is around 51 years old, even those who have mild symptoms from fibroids may choose to wait until menopause occurs and see if those symptoms resolve because menopause and the decrease in hormones related to menopause actually can lead to fibroids shrinking and people becoming less symptomatic. So if there's no concern for leiomyosarcoma, and your symptoms are either non-existent or very mild, there's no intervention that needs to be done. And that's it for myth or fact. Just a couple more tidbits on fibroids and how they're very common. Statistically, 70 to 80% of women have them. Also, they can have a genetic component, and are much more common in African American women than other women. So just keep those in mind. And make sure that if you think that you have fibroids or if you're curious about them in any way based on family history or whatnot, that you have a discussion with your doctor. Come up with the appropriate treatment plan for you. And you can always contact me on the Four Vaginas Only blog. Or email me at drc at if you have any more questions. Now, I can't answer specific questions without knowing your personal history, but I can definitely answer any general questions that you may have or may not have been answered in this podcast episode. Thank you guys so much for checking out another episode of 4 Vaginas Only. I truly do appreciate you and all of your questions and comments. They make the Four Vaginas Only better, they, you know, make me better, and I hope that I'm also helping you as well. Now, if you need to contact me, like I said, Dr. C at fvonly.com. Four Vaginas Only also has a Facebook and Instagram page of the same names, so check me out on there, okay? And you guys have a great day. See you next time. <laughs>